0: Welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. I host Afternoons in Mobile on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP, covering the South Alabama Jaguars, and prior to that, covering the Louisiana Raging Cajuns doing mornings on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana. Today's episode of Locked On Sunbelt is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahastakes.com, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. Big news today, being Monday, so I guess that would be yesterday technically, was that Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina said, wait for it, Grayson McCall is questionable for this weekend. I'm not sure if that's not gamesmanship. I would presume that John Summerall would be sort of preparing for him anyways because you're very much getting the lesser of the two quarterbacks if you're preparing for Jared Guest. No offense to Jared Guest, he's not Grayson McCall. And so now it's put out there that Grayson McCall may play. Remember, we said that he was out three to six weeks. That's when he was originally injured. He was going to be out three to six weeks. And we said that this would be the fourth week. So would he be able to come back and play in the championship ballgame? And they have just not been uh, the same. They did get past Southern Miss, 26-23, and then they absolutely got routed by James Madison. And They were double-digit underdogs in that one, and and they took it on the chin in a big way. So the big news of uh, the day on Monday was that Jamie Chadwell, head coach of Coastal, said Grayson McCall is now listed as questionable. We'll see if we get more news on that as it goes by. As of right now, Troy is a 10-point favorite. They are at home. Coastal will travel to uh, northern Alabama to take on uh, the Trojans. And start, let's start to preview that football game right now. So for the most part, it would be polar opposites when we would think about this football game. Troy with the good defense. Coastal with the explosive offense. Now, in their last two ballgames, Troy's offense has come alive. 34 16 over ULM which was a little bit more consistent than what happened against Arkansas State when they had 14 points through the first three quarters and then 34 point explosion with some turnovers from Arkansas State in uh, the fourth quarter so uh, and then they scored they did score 23 coming from behind down 17 to nothing that was probably the biggest threat they had was against the Cajuns down 17 to nothing midway through the third quarter. Uh, little did we know Ben Woldridge was seriously injured, and he's missed the rest of the season. And they come from behind to defeat the Cajuns 23-17. to 17. Um, You know, in between those games, though, Army, they beat Army 10-9, to 9 and they beat the Jaguars 10-6. to 6. So Troy is not the offensive juggernaut. They're certainly getting better. All right, anytime you put up. Remember, they put up 34 points like twice this year, and they scored 34 points in the fourth quarter against Arkansas State. Uh, Coastal Carolina averages almost 30 points a game, 29.4. Troy has picked it up. They're averaging almost 25 points a game. And obviously, when you you know get 82 in the last two, that is going to help out uh, the average. Total yards per game, 409 to 371. That's not that much of a difference. It's a little bit, almost 40 yards. Yards passing, surprisingly, uh, Troy is more. Coastal. That probably has to do with the last two ball games without Grayson McCall. Yards rushing, which would include McCall, Coastal does a little bit more—40 yards a difference there, 165, 166 to 124. Uh, but the big difference here is going to be the defense. Troy's defense gives up only over just over 300 yards a game, 316, to Coastal giving up 412 yards a game. Troy gives up less than 200 yards passing. Coastal gives up 280 yards passing. Rushing yards is 134 allowed by Coastal, and Troy gives up 117 yards um, on the ground. Here's the thing, though. When it comes to Troy, it does say 247 yards passing. Let's see... Game by game, the last few passing numbers from Troy. All right, let's go back. We can go back to the. All right, so they beat Southern Miss 27 to 10. They beat Western Kentucky 34 27. So let's go with a Texas state ball game in which they won 17 14. And remember, they're short of changing quarterbacks, they're kind of going back and forth. Team stats, passing yards, well, they did. They lit it up for 300 yards, all right? Uh, Gunnar Watson had 240 yards in that ballgame. That's not bad. Only 12 of 22, but 240 yards is pretty good on 12 completions. Let's see what happened against South Alabama. They really didn't do much offensively at all. Uh, Passing against South Alabama, 138. See, they were 14 and 19. So they completed more passes in that other ball game against Texas State, but they only threw for 138 yards. Um, Dagey, Jared Dagey, was he led the way in that ball game, 10 of 15 for 84 yards. Then he threw an interception, and in came Watson, who actually made a big play and I think set up a field goal uh, with his throw. And certainly allowed uh, Troy, I think, to also uh, run out the clock. All right, so one good passing ball game, one not so good passing ball game. Let's see what the Cajuns down 17 nothing. You got to think they passed a little bit in this one. Uh, Watson, again, uh, 228 yards with a couple of touchdowns, 21 of 35. So that's not bad. Against Army, they didn't do much of anything, although they did have 192 yards in the air. That's not bad. Gunnar Watson, 15 of uh, 31. Uh, Daigie was sort of replaced in that uh, Jaguars, or in that, uh, yeah, in that Jaguars ballgame. Against Monroe, see, Daigie, or Gunnar Watson was only 10 of 17 for 78 yards. Because Vidal, the running back, Kimani Vidal, had over 200 yards in that ballgame. 242 yards against ULM. So obviously, when you're running the football, you do not need to be throwing it, right? And wasn't a Labardi who said, you know, Three things three things happen when you pass the ball, and two of them are bad. Against Arkansas State, Watson only 144 yards with a touchdown and interception, but Vidal, again, 208 yards on the ground. So if you don't have to pass it, why would you? We'll see. Again, if Grayson McCall does not play in this football game, I would doubt that it's going to be very close. Troy, again, it was that that Arkansas State game, it was 1914. Arkansas State was winning. They fell behind 20-19. to 19. Both teams, I wouldn't say both teams foolishly went for two. I think Arkansas State foolishly went for two. And then Troy followed for the obvious reason uh, to go up by three uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then Arkansas State was driving and James Blackman threw the pick six. And that was basically all she wrote in it, to, you know, the damn burst uh, at that and time. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll discuss more about this Troy-Coastal Carolina matchup. You're listening to a Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Sunbelt is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. All right, welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Continuing to look at the Troy-Coastal Carolina a football game, what are going to be some of the keys? Well, obviously, the big key for Coastal Carolina is who their quarterback is. And what do you do when Grayson McCall is in play? So you got to come up with another game plan. They survived Southern Miss. They jumped out to a 17-0 lead. Southern Miss actually came back 20-17, to But then Coastal Carolina was able to come from behind and beat them. Not the way it happened against JMU. Now, JMU's got a really good defense. Troy does not have Todd Centeno. All right, Todd Centeno, 17 out of 32, 287 yards, four touchdowns against Coastal Carolina. All right, team stats, JMU against Coastal, 502 yards for JMU. Coastal only 183. They could not throw the ball, which they did for 93 yards. And they could not run the ball, which they did for 90. Balanced attack, though. JMU, 287 yards in the air and rushing. Coastal gave up 215 yards. All right. I would like to maybe know a little bit more about that. They also, Coastal also had a uh, fumble and an interception. I guess Coastal, I mean, they had a big second and third quarter. You know, they scored 17 points in the second quarter. They scored 20 points in the third quarter. You know, and basically at the end of the half, you know, it was 20 to 7. And Coastal got off to a good start, but I could never recover. So what can you do if you're Coastal Carolina to try and keep this game close? Because if Kimani Vidal is just running it down your throat and Gunnar Watson makes a couple of clutch throws, that's all they're going to need. Because you're going to have to go in this ball game needing 17 to 21 points. That's what Troy will score. Troy will score somewhere between 17 and 27 in this ballgame. It will not be, depending on the weather. Depending on the weather, uh, which I don't think is supposed to be too bad, actually. You know, that'll be a big thing. Is it going to be that cold? I don't think it's going to be that bad. Saturday, 74 and partly cloudy. 12% chance of rain. I mean, it's absolutely going to be warm. <laughs> it's going to be... It's actually going to be uh, a little bit too warm. Maybe Troy's going to have some issues uh, with that. But if I am coastal Carolina, somehow, some way, I have to figure out how to run the football. They have a great offense, but it's only effective when Grayson McCall is running it because he's a threat to pass it. They have some sort of RPO option offense. Where Grace McCall again looks like he's handing it off to the fullback or the one of the upbacks, and then will actually like an option play start to run it, and then he can either run run it, he can step back and pass, or he can uh, pitch it to the running back. That's what the Syracuse offense was. They called that the freeze option. All right, it would be a fake handoff up the middle, and either you know the quarterback could run it, or could step back and throw it, or I could pitch it to the. Uh, a running back coming around the corner. I mean, Grayson McCall is really good at that. I mean, Grayson McCall is really good at that. That sounds a lot easier said than done, but it really isn't. You got to make a split-second decision on, am I pitch, Am I going to hand it off to the up-back? Am I going to pass it? Or am I uh, pitching it? If When you have the option. All right, sometimes we're going to play action and freeze option and throw it. Other times it's up to him. And it really is a difficult offense to stop. But you got to be able to have a threat of throwing it. Because if your threat is only to run it, it's not going to work out. Jared Guest has not played particularly well in his two games for Coastal against Southern uh, Miss, 17 of 14 for 163 yards, two interceptions. Against JMU, 10 of 23, 99 yards. Did have a touchdown, I think it was the first drive of the game, and an interception. So you, for that offense to work, it actually, you don't need the threat of the run. You need the threat of the pass. Because all Troy is going to do is sell out on the run and dare guests to pass, and they'll leave their defensive backs in one-on-one coverage because it's going to be an issue for them to try and throw the ball. So... That's what they need. They need to be able to throw the ball and have that illusion that they can. And you don't even have to do it that often. You just got to be able to get into, you know, something less than third and five. Now, I don't need a whole lot of yardage on first down. I don't need a whole lot of John second down, but I can't be sitting there at third and eight and expect Jared guest to pick it up. I need to be at third and four because now I can run it again and maybe get into fourth and one, fourth and two, and then I can go for it, depending on situation and where the ball is. So I want to use as much clock as I can. Troy is not this offensive juggernaut that they've scored so many points over the last couple of weeks. They can be, obviously. Uh, what did I say, eighty-four points in the last two ball games, eighty-two points in the last two ball games. So they have that op- They have that potential, but generally speaking, they're scoring, you know, twenty-four points a game. They score three touchdowns and a field goal. And that's where Coastal has to figure out how to get to. And we'll see if Jamie Chadwell, who may or may not be, or I think it's, I guess, Willie Fritz from Tulane is potentially got a deal to go to Georgia Tech. But we'll see if Jamie Chadwell ends up anywhere. Uh, you would think that he would get a, a lot of push to go to a power five. Uh, but we shall see because that's what they have to do. As far as Troy is concerned... Let's take a break. We'll do that next. What's Troy going to do against Coastal Carolina? This is Dave Schultz. And you're listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Previewing the Sunbelt Championship game between Troy and Coastal Carolina, the second place team in the East. James Madison actually wins the East by defeating Coastal Carolina. But some ridiculous rule... That they moved up from FCS to FBS prevents them from being in a bowl or Sun Belt championship game. And it is Coastal Carolina versus Troy because that J, I'm telling you, the JMU ballgame, now that would be a championship worthy ballgame. I know it's unfortunate that Grace McCall got hurt. And even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%, hasn't played in a month. So, boy, that would be a great football game. That Troy JMU game would be up for grabs. Troy would probably be somewhere between a four and six point favorite, maybe not even that much. Because now, now they have to score points. All right. Now they would have to put up some points uh, as uh, as JMU you know, scores a bunch. JMU in their last three ball games, 37, 42, 47. That's a lot. Before they went on their three game losing streak. And one of them was 38 points to Georgia Southern. They scored 42 against Arkansas State, 40 against Texas State, 32 in a massive comeback against App State, 44 against Middle Tennessee State, and uh, 63 against Norfolk State. That would be a great championship matchup if it was James Madison against Troy. But it's not. So what is Troy going to do? I think they're just going to do more of the same. They're going to hand it off to Kamani Vidal and let him run rampant. Just run rampant. Just hand it off to him and see if Gunnar Watson can make a couple of clutch throws and move the ball and play defense. And maybe, maybe not go for it on fourth downs. I think they just like to kick the ball away. I don't think they are very aggressive. Uh, Carlton Marshall was out a couple weeks ago. He did play this weekend against Arkansas State. So he'll be back in there defensively. The NCAA's all-time leading tackler, middle linebacker for Troy. Troy. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand the ball off, and I'm going to see if Coastal can stop me. Because you know who Coastal did not stop? Old Dominion. Old Dominion hasn't won a ball game since. I don't believe. Including Saturday's loss to South Alabama. They beat Coastal Carolina 49-21 and rushed for 323 yards. I would think that maybe Gardner Watson would have like 15 passes in this ball game. I would run the football, run it again, and, again, try to make a couple of clutch throws. Maybe after you've set them up, start attacking them in the air. But other than that, it's a really simple game plan, and it's not much of a secret. That defensive line for Troy is so good, and the linebackers are really good, and it's very tough to get any amount of time to throw the football. So if I am. Troy. I run the ball. And play defense. And I'm going to come away. With a Sunbelt championship game. And John Summerall is going to be your. Sunbelt Coachers of the year. We got to figure out the offensive. And uh, defensive players. Uh, for the Sunbelt. I think the defensive player. Is going to be the. Linebacker Anderson from Old Dominion leads the I think he leads the nation. Jason Henderson, 18 tackles. I think he needs, leads the nation in uh it's only a sophomore. Leads the nation in tackles uh this year. He has a hundred and <laughs> seventy-nine tackles in twelve ball games. What are we doing here? Let's see here. 179 divided by twelve. I should be able to do that in my head, but no. 15 tackles a game. (laughs) Really good. Let's see if, what's the least amount of tackles? Oh, he only had, is that right? He only had two tackles against App State. He must have got banged up in that football game. In fact, he's got a couple of games here. This is how good he's been. He had two tackles against App State, and he had six tackles against Coastal. He had 21 against Georgia Southern, 21 against Arkansas State. He had 18 against JMU and, and South, 19 against Marshall. Wow. He leads the nation in, in in tackles. So I would be surprised if he is not the Sunbelt defensive player of the year. And then maybe Santeo, shouldn't be that difficult. Centeo, uh the quarterback from uh, JMU, could be the offensive player of the year. And then you got to pick one between the two of them. Who is the, the Sun Belt Player of the Year? Probably something along those lines. Be shocked if it's not John Summerall being the Coach of the Year. That would be my pick. Uh, we did talk about you know other guys who will be get, get, get consideration. Obviously, Kurt Signetti is going to get consideration from JMU. I think they were picked last, and they won the division. Troy was picked third. Uh, Charles Huff had a good year. They finished third with Marshall. Obviously, Kane Womack. Ten and two, seven and one. You yeah, he's going to get some consideration. Uh, will Hall's done a good job over at South uh, at Southern Miss. I think Bowden's done a really good job at Terry Bowden's done a good job at ULM. Didn't quite finish up the way they wanted to, but that's kind of a tough finishing schedule. And so there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's seven teams they're going bowling, right? So, uh, but I think John Summerall will be your Sun Belt Coach of the Year. Regardless of who wins the football game, I would say that, uh, yeah. If somehow Coastal pulls this out, maybe Kurt Signetti gets it, or maybe the vote. I got. I got to believe the vote's got to be in. I'm not voting. I didn't get a vote, uh, but I, I. At least I haven't seen one. So I would think that. Uh, I would think that Kurt Signetti would be the other one who might get it, but I would still give it to John Summerall. Um, just for for the job he's done uh, in Troy in year number one. Okay, Uh, we are trying to set up with a little bit of downtime in between uh, bowl games, and there's recruiting going on before people hit the holidays. We're trying to set up interviews with coaches. We do have one Sunbelt Western coach, Western Division coach coming on, and we're trying to set up a second one as well. So we've heard back. Uh, we're also going to try and get uh, players who have accepted their bids to the Senior Bowl on as well, right? We had Nick Salivari on uh, uh, from ODU, and we're trying to get more kids on uh, who are coming to Mobile for the Senior Bowl on Lockdown Sunbelt to hear what their experiences were playing football this season in uh, the Sunbelt. All right, I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Sunbelt. We'll be back again tomorrow with another edition. This is Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day.